I feel like I just did something really dope that I can't remember what it was. I got some futons. Ooh, what kind of futons? They're green. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have much to go on here. Our lives are so much less interesting than they used to be. I know. I used uh, to be hitting the clubs. Every night. Going to parties. Every night. I used to. Everybody. The bartender knew my name. The bouncer knew my name. <laughs> the the Ethan, bathroom. I didn't drink till I was 21. Stevie knew the bartender by first name. And now you know what I do at night? Now, what do you do? I read and go to bed like a nerd. <laughs> Welcome to the crunch. It is your boy Ethan and I'm Patrick. Do you remember how earlier I told you that I couldn't I was late to the podcast because I was doing Bible study? Was that not true? I mean, it's partially true. It's a half truth. So it's not true. Uh, okay, so let me just allow me to explain. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, Ethan. If Listen. you have a half truth, you have half Jesus, and that's not true. Listen, I was going to tell you, so it's not a, a lie. Um. <laughs> it's not stealing. I was going to give it back. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> what happened was I was at Bible study. Yeah. It ended at nine. We were uh-huh. talking. We were hanging out. I signed somebody up for Seek. There you go. And then, and then one of the guys said, hey, Ethan, do you want to play Super Mario Strikers on the GameCube? And I said, yes. Yes, obviously. obviously. We may have played four or five games. And then I looked at the <laughs> clock. Oh, no, it's 9.32. Oh, no, it's crunch time. I have to get <laughs> crunch <back home>. time. <laughs> I didn't even win. Both of them were super close games, and I lost both of them. I'm oh so my mad. Gosh. Thomas, if you're listening, I'm coming for you. <laughs> that game is so fun, though. You don't understand how much strategy there is in Super Mario in Strikers? What, what yeah. is it? It's a soccer game. Oh, okay. It's like the, right. Mario soccer, right, it's right, the Mario soccer game. I wasn't game. sure if it was, it and was you like play... sand volleyball or something. Or like no, bowling. no. You can play as all, all of the different, all of your favorite or baseball. characters. Uh, you've got Mario, you've got Luigi. This is a fun fact that I learned today. The patron saint of soccer is actually named St. Luigi. So it's quite funny <laughs> that, I, that I was playing a uh, Mario soccer game. I didn't pick Luigi because he's the worst. I picked Donkey Kong because he's, he's the best. He's the biggest and strongest boy on the whole roster. So. But how does he use his, he needs to only use his, his little feet and his feet. Oh, he, he hits basic. the ball in. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, that's not fair. I mean, his feet, he's yeah, a monkey. His feet are basically hands. Let anyway. me ask you this. Would you go up to Donkey Kong and be like, hey, you're not playing correctly? <laughs> where, where does a 500-pound gorilla donkey kick a ball? Anywhere at once. Anyway, that wasn't a good thing. That was really, that was great, Patrick. Thanks. Listen, <laughs> listen, it's a joke. It's a That was some next-level large primate humor. <laughs> <laughs> that's why, the, come, come, for the, come for the Jesus, come for the spirituality talk. Stay for the primate humor. Speaking of uh, bad jokes that will f- most certainly fall flat in front of a live audience, I'm helping out at a high school retreat this weekend. <laughs> oh, that's oh, yeah, that's right. That's why we had to record the podcast tonight. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it's in OKC. Um, it'll be over by the time people listen to this, but um, I'm retroactively pray retreat. that it goes well. Yeah, it works. That's how prayer works. We'll see. Yeah, it's gonna be. What's fun, the though. retreat? What's the retreat on? Is it a confirmation retreat? No, I don't, uh, I couldn't tell you. It's just a high school retreat. I don't think it's confirmation. The Basic. theme is gravity. There's like a theme song. <laughs> uh, I, ha- I, I know that I know when I'm supposed to be there and I kind of know the schedule and I came up with an icebreaker. Is it like, is it like a, is it like space it. gravity or is it like, I don't know what other kind because of there's so much gravity in space, Patrick, Ethan, there is gravity in space. It's literally called, it's literally called zero G when you're in space. Ethan, there's gravity in space. You guys know about space gravity, right? <laughs> Why do you think they float up there? Ethan, Did you there's see still the movie gravity. There's still gravity it's ironic in space. There was, none of there, none of, there was no gravity in it. Sandra Bullock was floating. Why? No gravity. There, there's gravity in space. It's just not strong enough to act on you. No, it's zero G's. There's still gra- Earth has gravity have, and Earth is in space. I have a degree. <laughs> I have a degree. I'm so close to getting a degree so I can say that too. I'm going to get my degree. And then when I get a degree, I'll know what gravity is. Okay. <laughs> That's what they tell you. You know, when you shake your hand, the hand with the beat, they, they whisper in your ear what gravity is. 
That's why everybody wants a college degree so bad. You can find the meters per second. Puzzle this out. (laughs) (laughs) Meters per second per second. Meters per second squared. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) My friend was talking about. My friend was talking about how. uh, Okay, so my my buddy Raymond, shout out Raymond, wants to be a. um, Everybody loves him. Everybody loves. Everybody loves that boy. He wants to be an op. What's it called? What's What's an eye doctor Optom- called? Optometrist. Optometrist. He wants That's what to be Tracy an, wants to be. He wants to be an optometrist. And uh, he was talking about how when he was when he was younger, when he was in high school, um, people would tell him that he was never going to be a doctor. And I was mm-hmm. like, and then you told him, you don't think I can be a doctor? I'm going to become an optometrist. Then you'll see. You'll all see. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you ever see the movie um, where Will Smith played an optometrist? No, what's it called? It was the sequel. It was the sequel to I Robot. It's called I Doctor. <laughs> that wasn't as funny as I thought. I thought oh come funny. on! I mean, it, <laughs> it, it, it warranted it warranted on. a polite chuckle. It warranted a polite thank chuckle. You, thank you, thank the you. The optometrist joke was a lot better. What's an ophthalmologist? Uh, isn't that somebody who studies birds? No, that's orn. That's an ornithologist. I, I, I <laughs> you have Did a you degree. Make up the other one? You have a degree. You should know what an ophthalmologist is. Hey, DM me on Twitter at Catholic Pat if you know what an yeah. ophthalmologist is. Yeah, he's just checking to see if you guys know. I'm just checking to see if you guys know. If you, if you, sure you guys enter, enter to win, enter to win one, um, one ophthalmo- off, 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 help. What are you trying to say? Ophthalmology degree. <laughs> Ophthalmological. You see, it's not as easy as it sounds. Ophthalmology. I got it. Ophthalmology. All right. This episode coming at you at at, in Dolby Digital 5.1 surround sound audio. (laughs) All these jokes. We're recording. We're recording in like mono. What are you saying? What's happening? I'm gonna. I'm gonna remaster it. I'm gonna remaster it into (laughs) remaster it from mono to five one. You are ridiculous. (laughs) I learned how to do that today. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in a multi-track audio production class, and that's where I'm learning all these super cool um, things I can do with this program. That I I know we have one track. It's not even even being recorded into a digital audio workstation. It's being recorded onto a YouTube streaming software anyway that's not important but i i today in in class we talked about um midi which of course as we all know is uh is a way to play musical instruments digitally and yes so i i took I one i took one music theory class when mm-hmm. i was in high school mm-hmm. and so i know a little bit about chords and so we're, we're we're sitting in the we're sitting in the workstation and my professor's like hey pull up pull up uh like fun effects and you can like it's essentially like one of those keyboards you used to have when you were a kid where you can like play it as an organ or a trumpet or whatever and so um i'm just sitting there and he's like just you know just fiddle around with it and uh, everyone's kind of just sitting there like watching him um move things around on the computer and i'm i'm like i'm like i click voices chorus and then i go over to the computer and i play a C7 chord and everyone goes everyone like flips Ooh, out and then I have I have the seventh of the note resolve to the root of the chord which sounds really good because sen- never mind I'm not going to go into why but it sounds really cool and they're like whoa you're so good at this and I'm like yes I am very good at this I'm not very good at this <laughs> I that story uh, how many how many songs do you have on SoundCloud Patrick <laughs> just not just as many minute. not as many as dj underscore pillowcase that artist, is the truth artist that is the of gospel. renowned renowned classics such as first try which has been played for at least 1000 people this week or other uh lesser known tracks like don't tell kanye soundcloud.com big fan slash. of don't tell kanye soundcloud.com you can also you can also, also catch catch the one that samples Fulton Sheen, uh, entitled "New Ideas," um, <laughs> our boy Venerable Fulton Sheen, Venerable uh, Fulton Sheen, a list podcast. Mm-hmm. What are we doing this what, week? What are we doing this week? I mean, yeah, you're in tra- you're in charge. That's right. That's right. It's always it's always a good it's always a good day when Ethan signs on to the podcast and says, "I have no idea what we're talking about this week," but then I come in and say, "I know exactly what we're talking about this week." But I never know how to introduce I, my own topics, so I'm just gonna talk about um, 
I'm just you're really doing a great job. <laughs> you're, you're killing it right now. So I was hoping that we would just <laughs> hit on a story that would segue right into it, but I no. I want I want to talk. I'm going. Have, hey Ethan, have you ever read the book The Odyssey? Uh, by Homer. By Homer. Uh, I've read portions of it. I've read the Percy Jackson books. It, perfect. Exactly the same thing. Okay. Lately, I feel I'm like I've been in. going on a little bit of an odyssey myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, but a journey, why? But a journey I'll not... Bite. Of why? <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. What do you mean? <laughs> I feel like I'm going on a journey not to Ithaca, but a journey <sighs> into myself. Okay, this sounds ooh. super pretentious. I'm going to stop this. <laughs> uh, uh, ah. oh, ooh. Man. Um, I was sitting in a meeting yesterday. And uh, so when, when, when you work for a college or any kind of institution, you have to go to meetings. And sometimes these meetings are awesome. And sometimes these meetings, most of the time these meetings are not. And I was sitting in this meeting um, called, called an in-service and that essentially just means a longer meeting and so i'm sitting in this in-service and it's about like self-care and usually i'm not a big fan of self-care because it always sounds weird to me it's always it's it, to me it's always seemed like something that um i don't know it just, it's always felt it's always felt selfish um which is stupid and we'll go into that in a second but um when he was talking the guy the psychologist that was talking the psychologist that I obviously knew more than because I was like, you're stupid. You don't know what you're talking about. Um, he talked about the first, the first step to like being a successful leader is to know your strengths and weaknesses. Um, and I was like, Oh sure. I'm super good at that. I know exactly what all of my weaknesses are. The word strengths, <laughs> the word strengths had one of, one of them being <laughs> lack of self-awareness. <laughs> One of them being a lack of having read the entire sentence because the only thing I started thinking of was, oh, I'm like, I'm definitely lazy. I'm like really bad at following through on things. I'm like not as disciplined as I want to be. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know exactly where I need work in my life. Right. And um, one of the one of the other people in the in-service pointed out, he was like, yeah, I'm I'm like really good at knowing my own weaknesses, but I'm not that good at knowing my own strengths. And I was like, ooh, ooh, that person is more self-aware than me. <laughs> he knows that he doesn't know things. That's that's good. Um, and so I I was like, oh, wow, I feel I feel better because I know that someone else is in the same boat with me. Like someone else has a hard time coming to grips with their own strengths. Right. Um, do you do you know do you know what I mean by that, Ethan? Coming to grips with my own strengths. Yeah, like it's it's strange like, because I I think that there's something within me that stops me from wanting to see how I'm a virtuous person. Mm. I don't know if I struggle with that exactly, but yeah. maybe shades of it. Shades of it. What do you um, mean by shade of it? Kind of. It's it's hard for me to. Hmm. I mean, I know, I know my strengths and I have good people around me that remind me of my strengths pretty frequently. Um, but it's easy for me. So I'm a maximizer, right? I am mm -hmm. very much a, how can I get the best out of a situation? And if I don't maximize, then I feel like I've completely failed. And so I have strengths, strengths that will get me to 99%. But if I don't get to 100%, then I won't see the virtue. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I totally get it. That's I am I part excuse me if I'm going in a, in a different direction than what you were talking about, but that's kind of what I how I see myself. Yeah, like oh, if it wasn't if it wasn't if it's not perfect, it's a failure. Yeah, and that's ugh, again, at the second week in a row, my parents are right. <laughs> this is only it's the just, second week my parents have been right. <laughs> I know, it's, just, it's just been a few weeks. No other times. Um no, because my parents would always say, "Ah, oh, Ethan, you're such a perfectionist." I'd be like, "No, I'm not. My room's not clean." <laughs> it's like if I have a if I have a task or a job that I know that I can do well, um, because I know like I know that I have faculties 
in order to do that thing well, but I don't either because um, I didn't foresee something or there was some variable that I didn't control or there was something I just didn't account for. Or even if it was completely out of my control and I did everything the best I could, but it still went poorly, then I will still like blame myself. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I can totally see that in my in myself. I, I definitely ever see that as well. I, I found okay, so I've been after after this after this whole meeting thing, I decided to like look into books because my first ah, reaction very good. My first <laughs> when I over the summer when I wanted to like work on nutrition and fitness, I like bought a bunch of books on nutrition and fitness and just read a bunch about it and then like put it into practice after like taking diligent notes. And um Wow. (laughs) More people should do that. That'd be it'd be crazy if there was like a place that people went like every day for a good portion of their life until their you know early twenties where they would like read books and then take notes and then maybe kind of get assessed over how much they learned. Um and then, like, we could implement it in our own private lives. I think and then right at the end, they get handed a piece of paper and told <laughs> the secrets of gravity. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, um, so, sorry, so sorry that, that's, that's also, no, it's fine. That's also how I approached self-knowledge. I decided to buy a bunch of books and read them and learn more about myself. And what's funny is I actually did <laughs> learn more about myself. Wait, okay, sorry. It's like, ah, I want to learn more about myself. Let's turn to other people. <laughs> <laughs> Let's turn to other people. No, no, no. What I did was I it was it was an act of humility, right? Because I was Okay. okay. I promise. <laughs> I have such a hard time with self-help books. And here's why. Because a lot of them are garbage. But also yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because um they they like I I I I just want to be able to find myself on my own because I think that if I don't do it on my own I'm not strong enough you know, and so like there there are books out there that are total garbage like um that are just hype books that are like all you gotta do is dream it and you can dream yourself into a new dream and you feel like you're dreaming all the time and it's like all right and you you finish the book and you're like yeah i'm so motivated but you don't really you haven't really learned anything you're just kind of really hyped and there are other uh-huh. books who that are like like the seven habits of highly effective people one of those books right. where it's like hey um stop being reactionary and start being proactive in your life like take co- like find concrete steps take them into action um or you you might like hey like you need to you need to readjust your priorities here's a good way to readjust your priorities and it's like very concrete steps of self improvement yes but like in my mind i wrote books that are helpful like that book into the category of useless self help books that i don't need because i'm smarter than those books so in opening a book about so i i'm not i'm not going to go into details but i have a a, a history in like my childhood where i experienced something that is like not very it's not like it's not experienced by everybody and like it still has effects on my life to this day that i am not willing to admit so i went to like read books about this condition or whatever you want to call it um mm-hmm. and it, it was yeah experience experience yeah this experience and um yeah condition sounds yeah anyway um yeah about this experience and it was it was kind of hard for me to like open the book and be like yeah this could be talking about me it when i first read it i was reading it as like a third party observer even though the people in the book were talking about things that like i have experienced firsthand i was like oh yeah this is what happens to people like them who've gone through what i've experienced but aren't super well adjusted to this experience like i am and so it was this it was after after reading it a couple of times Um, The author said something along the lines of like, hey, even if you aren't, even if you don't think this applies to you, it could still apply to you a little bit. So like there, there are lies that we all tell ourselves, right? And so the lies that we tell ourselves are shaped by our individual experiences. And this experience that I've had has told me a lot of lies that like I intellectually don't believe, but like my heart still might. And so the author was like, hey, search your entire self. And if you even believe this lie a little bit, you need to push it out. And I think that I I finally came to the conclusion. I was like, okay. Um, oh, actually, backtrack. This is why I thought of this. Because you were talking about if I'm not perfect, I failed. I think in black and white terms all the time. And when I realized something about myself, 
I think, man, I know nothing about myself. Mm-hmm. Because I've just realized this thing that I didn't know before, I must not know anything about myself. So I'm either yeah. on I'm, I, I view myself in one of two ways: either wow, I'm super well adjusted and really great at being a person, or wow, I'm horrible at self knowledge and I'm super unhealthy. And this experience from my past is like the worst, and I can't ever shake it ever. Um, but reading this book, that, like that little line in the first chapter, like hey, if you you don't believe it intellectually if you don't believe the lie intellectually that's awesome you might still believe in your heart that means you're halfway healed or like almost healed but you still need to push through that last little bit and so it gave me really good perspective to not view things in extremes um yeah we are uh speedometer people and zero to 100 is our song (laughs) how long were you sitting on that one a couple minutes that's but (laughs) i no i think just to continue on the uh, we are catching foxes junior we are people of extremes you and i absolutely and that is so apparent in just how this week has been like the most draining week of yeah. being a missionary for me Oof. because we've been going for seven weeks eight weeks almost two months now basically two months and uh I just have been going nonstop, right? Early in the morning to late at night, every single day, either with students or with my team or working on something or podcasting or whatever it is, right? Busy. Yeah. Um, Has the novelty excitement worn off? It's not that the novelty, like I, I, somebody asked me today, um, Ethan, what's your dream job? And I just kind of looked around. (laughs) I was like, uh, here, here I am. Here I am. Um, but it's, I guess not novelty excitement, but like novelty energy. Like when you're, when you yes. first wake up in the morning, you're like, I'm so excited. Everything is great. I, and the thing is, is that I still have that desire to go hundred miles an hour. It's just that I physically and emotionally cannot. Yeah. I get And that. so it's, um, it now all of a sudden it becomes a game of like, all right, I want to keep going at hundred miles an hour, but I can't. And so I need to, like you were talking about find the balance and not go to the extremes. Maybe not. And maybe this is a little bit different than what you're talking about. It's not so much as like, I mean, maybe it is analyzing wounds. Yeah. I don't know. There's definitely wounds that play into it. Right. I really think that there's, because I was a, a, a high performing kid, right. In the gifted program and everything, there's the, this expectation for me that I have on myself is like, I gotta be gifted at yeah. all this, all the stuff that I do. Right. And so yeah. that's why I want to put in a hundred miles an hour to the things that I'm passionate about. Cause I oh, know man. that I can do those things. Um, so, but in, that's not, that's not a good, <laughs> not a good recipe for success. I totally, It'll I totally understand. I totally yeah. get what you were saying. And it just brought up something that I experienced when I was a freshman, um, Please. when I was going to my freshman year of college. So I was in GSP gifted student program when I was in elementary school and yep. I was in like the accelerated honors kiddos in middle school and then like there was a a gifted accelerated ap track in high school and so in college i applied for the center for leadership which i viewed as the gsp of college it's not by the way you get to college it's like it's like whatever it's not it's not nothing uh, matters nothing matters anymore it's like it's awesome but it's not anything that's like super um the people in it we're, we're not it's i'm not i'm not like super special to be in this program it's just like a really cool like leadership it's an awesome program but anyway it's 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 not it's not intellectually like what gifted student program was actually gifted student program wasn't even anyway this is stupid but moving on um i didn't get in and i was like bummed i was like oh no i'm gonna be normal (laughs) and freshman or senior in high school patrick just couldn't deal with the idea of being normal or like because it, it i felt like i felt like oh no my my giftedness has run out you know i always, I always wonder when i'm gonna find like because I, I, w- I was always that kid in in school too who could like not do the homework and like still pass the class because he did the homework like right before the bell rang you know or like um didn't have to study and still got a's and i always wondered when yep. my like aheadness was gonna run out like when am i going to hit the wall where i actually have to work as hard as everybody else i'm always terrified of that day coming um i think i think it has honestly i just think i haven't been honest with myself um 
but yeah like and now now i was telling my, my buddy the other day like thinking about master's school or grad school um i was like i wonder when i'm gonna fail because like i feel like it's coming and i'm like so terrified of failure uh in in school because i haven't i haven't yet had a class where i was like i'm i can't do this until i did my first my first grad class syllabus day and he was like yeah uh 18 page paper on the history of the church by the end of the semester and i was like oh wow i can't do this along with Uh, everything else that i'm doing no well i mean i'm doing two theses this semester and i didn't want to also write an 18 page paper on top of two 25 page papers so i honestly easy easy? oh easy (laughs) that's what you're saying it's like um i'm really hard on myself and if i if i don't I set impossibly high standards for myself, and when I don't make them, I feel horrible. But also, I feel good. You know, I it's 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 kind of strange. It's like when I'm when I'm hard on myself, it's kind of like this weird this weird pleasure because I feel like when I'm hard on myself, when I see I'm the problem, I now know where the problem is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and so like so it's not it's not something outside of my control. It's like if I'm the problem, then all I have to do is fix myself mm-hmm. and then everything is gonna get better because I'm better than ever because if I'm the only imperfect person in the world and I become perfect, then everybody's gonna be perfect forever. Um mm. yeah. Buddy, do I have some news for you? <laughs> that's good. Um this, no, seriously. So, like, I think that's a real temptation is we can isolate the problems that we see with ourselves. And maybe we you can't, and we'll get to that in a second. But you cannot fix you. Yeah. Amen. This can fix you. And you need to allow him to fix you because all of your efforts to try and fix yourself are going to be tainted with pride and selfishness and inexperience. Exactly. Yeah. Jesus is really good at fixing people. He's been doing it forever. They don't call him the divine physician because he's bad at fixing people. Right. (laughs) Like that's, that's the, the rub. Jesus Jesus is is so good at fixing things. When he saw the entirety of human existence he decided to become a guy that fixes things for 30 years <laughs> jesus looks at us like that guy looks at kissing kate barlow in the movie holes and says what? i can fix that <laughs> you know what i'm talking about oh yeah yeah, yeah. I, i'm familiar with the actor Dulé. i forget his name i forget his name um i mean oh my gosh what is his name i know the actor the actor's gus and psych but Anyway, um, yeah, I, a big, a big thing. Sam the onion man. Oh my gosh. You looked it up. (laughs) Uh, You know what I realized? Jesus looks at us us the way that Sam the onion man looks at kissing Kate Barlow when her roof is leaking. (laughs) They killed, they killed him because he was black. Oh yeah. That's yes. That's a, that's a really tough subject matter for a children's movie. And like, I didn't realize Mm -hmm. that until I was older. I was like, Oh my gosh, that movie is about child labor. (laughs) It's so funny though. The movies and like, and, and books we read when we were kids, like we didn't really actually understand the human, uh, the crimes against humanity that were happening in like the hunger games were like, Oh yeah. Like a bunch of kids just fighting it out in a ring to the death for entertainment of adults across the country. My mom read that and she was like, oh my gosh, like that's horrifying. I was like, what? We can handle it. We're super, like, we're super tough. Like kids, teenagers, man, we're super strong. Oh man. There goes the culture again. Yeah, there goes the culture. Or like, or like Harry Potter. It's like, we're like, we don't, we don't realize how actually ridiculous it is that a bunch of 11 year olds are fixing problems that adults couldn't. Anyway. They're 17 in the end and they're fighting a race war. <laughs> Against like an a hundred Against- year old person against a hundred year old person who regardless i don't want to get into it read another book watch another read show. another book <laughs> um back to the original <laughs> back to where we were <laughs> back to where we were um, about about fixing yourself so the the reality is is we have to let jesus fix ourselves but what the thing is is that 
in order to invite Jesus into the things that we want him to fix, we got to know what to ask him to fix. Right? Yeah. So. Wait, 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 wait. Say that again. I don't remember what I said, but if we. (laughs) We have to know what. We have to know. Yeah. We have to know. Yes. He wants us to know what's wrong and also so that we can watch it get fixed because like we don't actually know what's wrong all i know is i'm lazy and i'm a procrastinator and i i can see all the they're all those are all like surface flaws they're very general like if i went into confession and said yeah i'm like really bad at following through on things and like i lie sometimes the confessor if he was a good confessor would say okay that's not specific enough you know because like those those general flaws are not like are not specific enough for Jesus to come in and heal them. If Jesus, which is why you should go to confession regularly, so you, you can be more specific. Um, yeah, yes. Jesus wants us. You, you can't. You can't just walk up to Jesus and say, "Hey, Jesus, fix everything that's wrong with me ever," and he'll be like, "Okay, yeah, sure," and just like click his heels together and you're healed. He wants you to know where the wounds are, so that you can say, "Hey, Jesus, I'm ready for you to come into this part of my life," even though I, I haven't been letting you in there before. That's that's amazing that if we think about Christ, we know exactly where his wounds are, right? Yeah. His hands, his feet and his side. And it's, he invites us into those wounds, right? He wants us to, he invites Thomas to, to put his hand into his side, to feel the holes in his hands. Mm -hmm. It's like, if we're supposed to be like Jesus, we got to know where our wounds are, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I get that's like super common sense, but it's interesting when you put it that way. But we we lost our right to common sense when we bit the apple. That's <laughs> true. True. We're all we're just clawing our way back to what we had before. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Um, so then the question is, how do we know ourselves? And I I'm don't gonna... think the answer... I don't think the answer lies in self-help books on it. To be no, honest. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's true. I don't think it does. Well, what? What? What were you going to say? I think that. So so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say something radical. I'm gonna say something extreme, but it's something that a counselor said to me uh, a couple days ago. She was like, "Okay, so first of all, uh, are you praying? Are you going to mass regularly?" And I was like, "Yes." She's like, "Okay, good." Um, so that, that's a good place to be. She was like, all right, now don't over spiritualize yourself. I was like, what? Mm. How dare you? And she was like, on <laughs> at Franciscan's campus, we, and also Catholics in general, we tend to over spiritualize things now, now, now that that's not, are you, saying, I'm, are you saying I'm over spiritualizing this? No, I'm Buddy, not saying you're, this over- is a, this is a Catholic podcast. What do you want me to do? Huh? I think it's. I think that our attempt to over spiritually. <laughs> hold on, this is about to be some some mad truth knowledge dropped on right, dropped on our podcast listeners. I think the reason we over spiritualize things is because we know God is supposed to be in all things. We know God's supposed to be in every part of our life, but we still relegate Him and chain Him to the spiritual aspect of our lives. We don't let Jesus come into the physical parts of our lives, the emotional, the intellectual parts of our lives. So we over-spiritualize our intellectual lives, our emotional lives, our physical lives, so that we can let him into those parts. It's like those those different those different uh sectors of the human person, uh, right? Yes. We yes. keep this we keep why... Jesus locked up in the spiritual mm-hmm. section and then we say, "Oh, well, you want to be everywhere? Okay, well, I guess this is also in the spiritual section. I guess my emotions are are exclusively spiritual. I guess my intellect is and so we over-spiritualize things like something as 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 basic as like, I mean, you hear it all the time with people who struggle with depression. People over-spiritualize depression and anxiety all the time like, "Oh, you're anxious. Well, have you tried praying and hoping and not worrying about anything? As it says in Philippians, you know, like 
I have, I have, I have tried that. It's, it's one, it's we. So I, I think, I think you're right. The answer doesn't rely in self help books, but it also the answer also doesn't lie in praying extra rosaries, and like throwing yourself totally and exclusively into rigid and extreme forms of prayer. Um, uh, I agree with you, ex- but I'm gonna push back. That's a why little I said bit. exclusively. That's why I said exclusively. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think you're right in the fact that we tend to over-spiritualize things or tend to not over-spiritualize. We tend to confine things to the spiritual sector. And so when Jesus starts popping up in other places, you're like, get back in the tabernacle. What are you doing? Get back in the tabernacle where you belong. (laughs) And so that's why people don't believe that our bodies can be healed, right? Yeah. Of physical ailments. That's why people don't believe that we can be, I mean, people say oh prayer as a cure to depression but have you actually like prayed and asked jesus to heal somebody's depression right yeah like that's a very different thing than say, than telling somebody to pray through it you know mm-hmm. like oh just keep going back to prayer it's like are we inviting jesus into the physical realm and saying i know that you have power over everything you can heal you can bring people back from the dead you can certainly heal x y and z right yeah and then the same thing with emotional wounds and then the same thing with 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 spiritual wounds too and it's not just oh i talked to jesus in the church and he's in the tabernacle and he takes care of my relationship with god like no he wants everything from us and so i think the answer is in fact to throw everything that we have into god but not into like strict regimented sectionalized prayer yeah because i i Everything needs to be thrown into God, but God is not in our, God is not our prayer. Our prayer routine is not God. <laughs> that's, I mean, I feel like yeah, that, that's yeah, not, yes, I, know, I, mean, I, know we, exactly. I make an idol out of my prayer routine all the time. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, we, we wouldn't, this is such a simple analogy, but we wouldn't, um, throw away aspirin because we prayed for God to get rid of a headache if someone if someone's leg was chopped off sorry if someone's leg was broken we would need to take them to a doctor right and also pray for their healing right like definitely both of those things because god is working through the doctor and so when it comes to emotional turmoil um why do i try to pray it away all the time i do this all the time i've done this throughout my i've done this throughout my entire life it's like when i'm experiencing emotional turmoil I go, I go to the chapel for comfort and that's good. That's a really good place to start because you're able to like decompress, allow Jesus into that moment and like talk to him. Right. But, um, there are people on this world who, in in this earth who know more about the human heart and human psychology than I do. And so talking to those people should also be a part of, my attempt to heal to be healed because if if i truly want to be healed and i stop in my own personal prayer what i'm essentially saying is this is not about the communion of saints it's about me um yes letting letting someone else walk with you through healing is a way of participating in the communion of saints um yeah and this is just a lecture to myself because there's a difference between self-help books and a counselor you know i for a very long time i didn't go to counseling um i tried i tried counseling uh once when i was younger and he kept trying to it was funny because i think it was a psychiatrist and not a psychologist which is very different um Mm. and my my first my first uh trip to the psychologist or psychiatrist um he tried diagnosing me with adhd and I didn't want to be prescribed Ritalin, and so I answered no to the questions, regardless of what they asked. And it was funny because it was like, it was like an ADHD test, and it was like, "Do you have trouble um, focusing in class?" And I was like, "Nope, I'm super good at that." And then the funniest one was, "Do you frequently find yourself walking away from conversations in the middle of them and not realizing it?" And I like was like, "No." never done that before even though i do it all the time anyway so um 
he tried to diagnose me with ADHD and then he tried to diagnose me with depression and I was like really tired of being diagnosed with things after a 30 minute conversation with a person. And so I stopped going back. But um, that was when I was a kid in my adult life. It took me a lot of emotional turmoil and a lot of like dead ends and crisis moments to finally just say, I'm going to go talk to someone who's a professional and deal with these wounds that I can't seem to get rid of on my own. Um, Cause that's essentially what I was doing. Even though I was going to the chapel and sitting down in the presence of God, I was still saying, all right, Jesus, show me how to fix myself. It wasn't like, Hey Jesus, fix me. It was, Hey Jesus, you know, everything. Show me how to do it myself. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. I would like to unleash my quotes. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I think they're really good. So Patrick was talking to me about this pre-show, and I realized that I had read something in Cardinal Seurat's The Power of Silence literally earlier today that uh, worked with this. Um, so here's some here's some quotes from Augustine. Uh, and he says, here are men. I'm going to move away from the microphone a little bit. It's a bit loud. Here are men, St. Augustine says in the Confessions, going afar to marvel at the heights of mountains, the mighty waves of the sea, the long courses of great rivers, the vastness of the ocean, and the movements of the stars, yet leaving themselves unnoticed. And St. Gregory the Great says, return to yourself, O man, and explore the seclusion of your heart. Cardinal Seurat says, in order to be raised to the vision of God, the soul must first concentrate, recollect itself, and withdraw into itself. So, all these things kind of combining together, right? We have these these things that the saints talk about, right? Is that man, our temptation is to to look externally, externally, right? To look towards the mountains, the beauty of the world outside of us. What can I do outside of myself? What are all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And then we... And even even in today's culture, even in popular Catholicism, there's such an emphasis on turning towards God and turning outward that I there's really a lack of knowledge of self being proclaimed. And so you have all these people that are going through exactly what you're talking about. It's like, I don't know who to talk to. I don't know how to talk to. I don't know if I am praying incorrectly. Like, does God hate me? Is there like all these things that can be going on with a variety of issues, um, depression, anxiety, even just struggling with with some of the stuff that we were talking about earlier, like perfectionism, like all of those things, there's a whole range of things that people are struggling with nowadays, more so than they have in the past because people are, there's a narcissism that has taken over our culture. People are so focused on themselves, but only superficially. And so it's only the Instagram, the Snapchat, the followers, the likes, the, the brand, if you will. The brand. Um, the brand the raisin brand and there's no silence there's no ability for people to turn off the phone turn off the laptop shut everything down like the only silence people get is hey, maybe right hey, before they go to bed hey kids turn off your walkman's it's time yeah. to reflect on yourself this isn't this isn't like a rant on the technology but it is a yeah. we have to take time alone and not here's the thing, right? It's not, doesn't necessarily have to be in prayer. Like this does not have to be a, I mean, you should do everything with God and walking with God and all things, but it's like, you don't have to be all right, Jesus, let's look through my soul together. Like it doesn't have to be a weird formal, like uh, a strict thing. Like we were talking about before, but just reflect on your day. It doesn't have to be an examination of conscience. It doesn't have to follow a, a routine. But do you, and I say you as in me and all of us, like, do we take the time to sit down and think about ourselves? Not in the way of I'm only thinking about myself so that other people can like me and I can gain honor, power, pleasure, and and fame. But do you think about how you operate? Do you think about how you respond to things? Do you think about what your tendencies are? Do you think about how what things about you are good? Do you think about what things about you are bad? Do you dwell too much on the things that you think are bad? Do you dwell too much on the things you think are good? Do you think about those things in and of themselves? And we don't have that because there's no silence. There's no time for ourselves. And so we're running into all the problems that you're talking about, Pat. We 
we don't know what to do anymore because we don't. And then that leads into why we don't know God because yeah. we're looking outward. We're like, ah, the, the mountains, ah, the, the Fortnite Xbox PS4 crossover event will show me God. It, it <laughs> won't. I mean, it shows me God a little bit and anything can happen, but how can we even begin? It's like, it'd be like marrying somebody, but you don't even know what kind of person you like. Yeah. You know, like that's kind of the level that we're on here is like, we're trying to approach God, but we don't even know who we are and what we want. Yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the consequences are just magnified is what I'm saying. Yeah. One of the consequences of the fall itself was not just a separation of man and nature or man and woman, but also a man and God, but it's also a separation of man and his very inner self. Um, and I, I, I feel that especially this past couple of days more so than I felt it before. I think, I think I know myself relatively well. Like, I think, I think I could, I could, I could spout off a few facts about myself and I can tell you when I'm being ridiculous about something and when I'm handling something immaturely, et cetera. But I think that I spit spattle off those facts about myself or I know those things about myself the way that I would know a television character and the way I'd be able to tell you, like I analyze myself the way I analyze like a, like a good piece of literature. Right. I don't think, I think the last step that I need to take is like a really big one is I need to not just know myself, but experience myself like experience, experience the, the self that God created because the self is a good thing. Um, there's a, there's a, a difference between self-knowledge and, and self-experience and selfishness. Um, yeah. I think that selfishness and pride are the, the, the fallen ways that we make up for a lack of true love of self. Mm-hmm. Um, that's exactly it. Yeah, it's, it's exactly it. It's like, it's not an, it's not an extreme in the other direction and we need to find a harmony. It's like, it's a, it's a bastardization. It's, it's a, it's a butchering and it's just a, a fake creation of man that we, we try to pretend like we love ourselves and know ourselves and experience ourselves through selfishness and pride. Um, I just, I just, how, how do I experience these truths about myself? So like, for instance, like I said earlier, um, actually, no, I didn't say this earlier. I'm just gonna say this. Like I'm a, I'm a very understanding and caring person. I know that about myself. Um, I'm very ready to make excuses for other people. Um, in, in a good way, definitely. And also in a bad way, I would say is like in a good way. It's like, I'm, if someone, if someone brings like, if someone does me dirty and then says, Hey, I'm really sorry. Like, I had a bad day. I'd be like, Oh no, I totally get it. I've been there. That makes so much sense. And it's really hard for me to hold a grudge when someone apologizes. Um, I know that about myself, right? But like, how do I experience that as a virtuous thing? How am I, how am I able to integrate my self knowledge and experiencing myself? Do you know what I mean by that? And do you know the answer? (laughs) I have no idea. <laughs> do you not have any idea what I'm saying or do you have no idea what the answer is? I understand conceptually the difference between self-experience and self-knowledge. Yeah. But as far as practically implementing some type of way to distinguish the two and then make sense of it, yeah, uh, you're going to need a spiritual director. <laughs> That's right. Do you, do you think you experience – have you ever experienced yourself – I mean, sometimes I listen back to old episodes of the podcast <laughs> and you're like, wow, this is an experience. Um, uh, I don't know if it, if I, if it does happen, it doesn't happen often. Yeah. I mean, it's ultimately going to happen eternally, right? Like in heaven, we will experience everything outside of ourselves, everything within ourselves, everything above ourselves Ugh. and everything below ourselves. That's crazy. I know. It's like we'll we'll experience every the the virtues and the holiness of every patriarch that we have never known or met. Um and every everyone who goes before us and after us, we will experience their entire selves um as deeply and intimately as we experience ourselves and God 
uh, for all of eternity. Everything will belong to you and you will belong to everything. All your base are belong to us. All your virtue are belong to us. Um, mm. Yeah. So like, so, so if we, if we want to prepare ourselves for heaven, which we should desire above most things this past, these past couple of weeks, I just want to go to heaven so bad. Like it's just, it's just a, a burning desire that I've never had before. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. It's so good, but it, it hurts a lot. Cause it's, cause I'm like, I'm like, man, because you're not there yet. I'm not there, and it, it like we're still on Earth, and it sucks because we are broken, <laughs> drawn to sin. And it's especially in this time of my life where I feel very homeless, right? Like, mm. I don't. I'm I'm leaving. I'm leaving Ohio, right? I know that if I stayed here, it would be um childish right to like try and hang on to college and all the, the birds rest in the trees the fox lays in the den but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head make your home in me it's a good song um have you heard that song no it's not it's not very good but i like the lyrics it's like every fox a den every bird a nest but the son of man has no place to rest make your home in me it's very good it's very good spiritually Melodically, it's not the best. Oh, the overwhelming never. This podcast is pro reckless love. <laughs> this podcast is pro reckless love. I don't know the words to that song. They played it 400 times at NST, but I, I don't. I never bothered to learn the words. I've never listened to it on a streaming service. It's the new Oceans, baby. Got to bring it back. Neat. Can't wait for that EDM remix, folks. Oh, the pop, 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 pop. So anyway, um, and like same thing with my hometown, same thing with Melbourne. Like I feel like if I go back and like I set up a shot, I'll be like, I'll be like clinging to something. And like, I hate nostalgia. That's one of the biggest things is like, I, I just can't stand it. Whenever I, whenever I go someplace, like whenever I go back to Melbourne, I'm like, ah, what used to be. And I'm like, ah, I hate that feeling anyway. And so like, even, even moving to Houston potentially in the future, it's like, well, sure. I, I know people there, but is it home? And like, I, I'm I'm in this weird spot in life where I can live in many different places. I don't even have to go to any of these places. And so I'm like, where do I live? You know, I'm in this, I, I feel, I feel strange because I don't really know where I live. Um, and it's one of the first times in my life that I've ever felt like I don't have a home. And so in that desperation, I, I cling to heaven and it, it's made me, it's made me yearn and ache for heaven so bad. Um, and in adoration at an encounter, this is kind of a sidetrack, but it's a good story. It was just so, it was so powerful at encounter. I, I like, I felt like this deep prayer and like this, this intense, like, like Jesus, I will go through as much purgatory as, as needed. Just get me to heaven as soon as possible. And I just heard Jesus say like, don't you think that's what I'm doing right now? And I was like, Oh, and he's like, yeah. Every single suffering between now and your death, if you do it correctly, like if you accept my will, if you pick up your cross, like I say, you will not go to purgatory. I will set up your life. He does this for all of us. He will set up your life so that you experience as much suffering as you need to on earth so that you can get yourself and others immediately to heaven without ever having to go through purgation. That's not what he wants. He doesn't want you to have to spend time away from him. He wants you immediately. Um, and so it it really changed the way that I look at suffering. And then consequently, it made me suffer a lot more, which I'm I'm okay with. And it's why it's why it's why God's been been dredging up all of this stuff in my past, these this past couple of days, because it's like I feel like I'm in I'm in a very good spot to uh right now to just, you know, um suffer in this way but it's been awesome. uh yeah it, it 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 is nice it is it is awesome just because i mean healing healing is something that i don't readily accept because if i do then it means that there was something wrong that i didn't see before and i don't like being wrong <laughs> it's like one of my top 10 least favorite things no yeah. really <laughs> patrick <laughs> Real you no yeah Patrick what? Patrick Nevy the guy who was embarrassed for legitimately three months after getting the Evangelii Gaudium thing wrong on the podcast 
<laughs> which one which Avengers? remember that one time i tried quoting a papal encyclical and it was by the wrong pope and then kevin cotter texted us and he was like that's the wrong pope do you remember when i pronounced zeitgeist wrong last last week i didn't remember I, that but yeah i, I haven't do, i haven't lived now. that one <laughs> still working through that hey whoever, whoever wants to give my boy problems about saying zeitgeist wrong try spelling it am i right you, you won't be able to that's what i thought but yeah so healing um, I guess something that I want to take away from this conversation mm-hmm. is that healing hurts strangely. Yes. It's like yes. sometimes you got to open wounds to, to fix them up. Right. Um, healing hurts, but, um, you will be healed if you ask for help from God and from people around you that can help and all suffering that you go through will get you to heaven quicker, which seems like it seems like a simple concept but apparently it wasn't drilled into my head hard enough um every time you suffer god has picked out that suffering for you specially just for you to go through so that you can get to him as quick as possible because that's all he wants it was so it was such a strange like feeling to want to go to heaven as quick as possible and god was just like yeah this is how i've felt since i thought of you the first time before you even existed, I wanted you to get to heaven as quick as possible. Um, that the desire for healing is that desire to get to heaven as quick as possible. We need to just lean into that desire and foster it. You got to lean in, you got to lean in. You got to turn into the skid. Yeah. Is that, is that what that, is that the metaphor? Yep. Steer into the skid. Steer into the skid. That's the word I was like, I, there's a better word than turn. Like, what is it? Steer. Steer. Yeah. I don't I don't have anything to add on to your points. I think you summed it up quite nicely. This was good. This was I'm good. I'm glad you I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad the podcast is helping you. <laughs> it always I'm does. I'm kidding. Oh man. I went back I went back and listened to the car crash episode. Holy crap. Oh man. I was a messed up boy that year. That was who <laughs> we were all pretty messed up. Pick up any pick any podcast in like early 2017. No, when was that? 2016. When did we start the podcast? We started the podcast in 2016 in September yeah, of 2016. So anytime before like August 2017. Just any episode. Yeah. One or both of us is just a mess. My friend, my friend Ryan, shout out Ryan, said he was going to start listening to the podcast, and he's probably not going to hear that shout out for another couple of years because he started at the beginning and he's working his way towards where we're at there's right guy, now. There's a guy here on campus, Michael, who's doing that, and he texted me just like, "You made an on like you made a joke about being on brand, haha, ha, that's so funny." And I'm like, "Yeah, which time? <laughs> must have been the must have been the first time we ever did it, which I don't know when that was. <laughs> it was probably like two seconds into the first episode. But like yeah, he started, he started way at the beginning. I'm like, more power to you, dude. He's like, yeah, burning through like four or five a day, and I'm like, oh my goodness, oh my gosh, how? I mean, Rip. if you're gonna listen, if I guess if you're gonna listen to the beginning, it's kind of like it's kind of like when you watch um old episodes of a tv show and you're like like uh-huh. you were gonna say the office weren't you no no no, i wasn't gonna say the office i was actually gonna say family guy do you remember how uh-huh. disgusting family guy used to look in like 1990 and then in 2018 it looks really good because animation technology got better it's like when you watch a tv show like full house and you're like watching the the original full house and then you watch the new full house and you're like wow and it's hard to go, it's hard to go back to the original if you watch the new because the production quality is so much better the production quality is so much better on these newer episodes that I could not imagine going back and listening to the old ones. So if you're going to ever listen to the old ones, you should have never listened to the new ones. Yeah. But also there's so many episodes, Ethan. There's so yeah, many. I know people can just pick which one they want and they just get longer. <laughs> I know they just expand. We're doing that right now. We need to shut it down. It's been an uh, hour. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in. We have lots of things going on. You can follow me at Propostle on Twitter, Patrick at Catholic Pat. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Crunchcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Patrick Nebby, I, 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 or Ethan Stevie, or both. Uh, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Crunch. Should the Crunch start an Instagram? The Crunch should start an Instagram. We, we, you, we might start an Instagram. 
you might start an Instagram. I might not start an Instagram. Uh, it's probably to- going to only be um, episode art and live videos slash Instagram. I love stories. I love when Luke hops on the uh, the Catching Foxes Instagram live stream. Yeah, for like four seconds. <laughs> and then leaves and so it hops to the top of the instagram stories feed and i'm like oh catching foxes is live and it's just luke talking about soccer for three minutes and then shutting it off <laughs> i wonder if he realizes he can take a video without going live don't tell him don't he tell might him. he so, might not <laughs> so, good. so good don't tell him you're always at the top uh, of my instagram story feed i wonder if that's true for everybody else as well who me yeah you're always at the top of mine huh thanks uh it's probably like based on the number like how many interactions you have maybe yeah person um other things i can't think of anything else that's going on uh pray for us um if you if you happen to be involved with uh focus or are you going if you're going to seek let us know yeah we want to hang out shoot us a dm uh yeah that's all i've got you got anything else for the people nope great thank you all for listening please pray for us we'll be praying for you and we will see you next week.